The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the doors were locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit, whose sins you forgive are forgiven them, and whose sins you retain are retained. Thomas, called Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples said to them, said to him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the marks of the nails in his hands and put my finger into the nail marks and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Now a week later, his disciples were again inside and Thomas was with them. Jesus came, although the doors were locked, and stood in their midst and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands, and bring your hand and put it into my side, and do not be unbelieving, but believe. Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God, Jesus said to him, Have you come to believe because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and have believed. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples that are not written in this book. But these are written that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that through this belief, you may have life in his name. The Gospel of the Lord. Brothers and sisters, Wish you all a very happy Easter and pray that your Easter week was filled with joy. And today we celebrate this last day of the octave of Easter and also Divine Mercy Sunday. And also First Communion will be later on this afternoon and prom was last night. There's lots of things going on. Today in a special way we welcome Bernie and Emily Slacky who celebrate their 65th wedding anniversary. And... Uh, so congratulations to you, and later on, I'm going to invite them to renew their commitment to one another and, and offer a special blessing for them that comes after the Our Father during Mass, and so when you see those things happen, it won't be a surprise. 
And on this Divine Mercy Sunday, we always have this particular gospel reading of Thomas or Doubting Thomas. And, um, and it always calls to mind for me a particular homily that Pope Francis gave when I returned to Rome in 2014 on Divine Mercy Sunday for the canonization of John Paul II and St. John XXIII. And in his homily, Pope Francis made this point to not be ashamed of the wounds in the body of Christ, right? to not be ashamed of the wounds in the body of Christ, to not be afraid of them, to not be afraid to enter into them as Thomas entered into them. And when he speaks of that, he's speaking about the wounded members of his body or the wounded members of the church for which Pope Francis has a particular love, those who feel isolated or on the periphery, those who struggle with addiction, those who are divorced, those who feel that they don't fit into the community. To not be ashamed of them, of going out to find them, of welcoming them. But it also means not to be ashamed of our own wounds. Because we all are members of the body of Christ, and, and we all carry in us some kind of wound or another. Like, we all do. We all carry wounds that are inflicted by others, those wounds that are the effects of our own sin. Those wounds that we experience within our family life, because like we're humans and we experience those things. You know, like I always say, unless you were raised by the Blessed Virgin Mary and St. Joseph, your parents, like, fell short in some way. Like, there's nothing, like, it shouldn't be shocking that sometimes we carry hurt. But oftentimes we are ashamed of those things, and we kind of shove them down, and we want to pretend like they never happened. But don't be ashamed of the wounds in the body of Christ. And, And that also calls to mind what this dynamic of doubting Thomas and and the question of what did Thomas doubt exactly? What did he doubt exactly? Because the way the story goes, Jesus appears in the upper room, even though the doors are locked, and he shows them his hands and his side. He shows them his wounds, and he says, peace be with you. As the Father sent me, so I send you. And then all the disciples who are there, they they know Thomas isn't there. And so they go and find Thomas and they tell him this story. Thomas, it was unbelievable. Like the doors were locked, but Jesus was able to pass through the locked door. And he was there in the room. And he showed us and we could see the nail marks in his hands and, and the hole in his side. And he said, peace be with you. So what did Thomas doubt? So did Thomas doubt the resurrection in general? Or did he doubt that Jesus was resurrected with his wounds? Or did he doubt that Jesus was resurrected with his wounds? Because Thomas's response, he doesn't say, unless I put my hand on his shoulders, I won't believe you. Unless I see him eat food, I won't believe you. Unless I can touch his head, I won't believe you. He says, unless I can put my finger in the wound, I won't believe you. Because the most unbelievable part is that when Jesus was resurrected, he still showed the signs of those wounds. 
which are a reminder that of everything that had happened. For Thomas, those wounds would be a reminder of the fact that Thomas himself abandoned our Lord after he was arrested and he didn't show up for the crucifixion as John did. They might be a reminder of all of our shortcomings or all of our sinfulness. Because that's the reason that Jesus went to the cross. And and I'd rather that Jesus was resurrected with no wounds so I don't have to be reminded that I was once a sinner. Or still am. But he's resurrected with those wounds. And so then Thomas goes and he encounters our Lord. And the first thing he says to him is, Thomas, put your finger here. And put your hand in my side. And do not be unbelieving, but believe. Believe that. That all of the sin that I died for is redeemed and transformed. Believe that. Even those worst moments can be glorified. And he comes to faith in that. And he comes to faith in that. And I think for us today, it is still one of the most difficult things to accept is that Jesus is resurrected with his wounds. And so can we be resurrected in our own wounds. That we can be redeemed from our own sinfulness. We can be redeemed. Our Lord can redeem all of the suffering that has gone on in our lives. That we can be transformed. And so often that's hard for us to, to swallow because we'd rather like take all of our pain and all of the things that happen and just like shove it down. Right. Father Drovsky always talks about like he has some room in his left calf somewhere to just shove it down. And pretend like it never happened or pretend like it never hurt. But when we do that, we deprive ourselves of the grace of our Lord. We deprive ourselves of mercy. Because mercy happens when our Lord enters properly and, and our Lord enters directly into those moments of our own pain or our own sinfulness or our own suffering and transforms them and makes us into something new. And each and every one of us are called to be resurrected with our wounds so that we too can become a sort of window or a doorway to the faith of others. Now, our story is not supposed to be a story like, well, I used to be a sinner and I'm just going to forget about all that and I'm just going to like do better from now on. Our story is like I was one way and now I'm a different way. And the thing that happened in between was Jesus entering into my life with his mercy. There's a line that Mary Magdalene says in the Chosen TV series, which is on VidAngel or on the Chosen app. And season two just came out last week. And and it's probably the best video representation of our Lord that I've ever seen in film. And Mary Magdalene says, all I know is this. I was one way and now I'm a different way. And the thing that happened was him. 
And each and every one of us is supposed to have that kind of a story. We're supposed to have that kind of story. And that story gives hope to others. That story gives hope to others. It gives hope. It's a story that we should tell to our friends. It's a story that we should tell to our family members, especially our family members who are away from the church. You know, oftentimes, parents will come up to me and they'll say something like, Father, like my son's been away from, the, from church and, and I'm trying to figure out what to do and I'm sending him these Matthew Kelly books and these Scott Hahn tapes and, and do you have any other books or like tapes or videos I can send to my fallen away family member? And, and my response to that is always the same. It's always like your, your family members don't care why Matthew Kelly's Catholic or they don't care why Scott Hahn's Catholic. They care why you're Catholic. And your story matters. And in my own life, the, like the best version of that story I ever heard wasn't the best version that was ever given, but it was given by my father. And, and I was in junior high. I was, I was serving at Mass at 5.30 on a Saturday. And I got in the car and I said, Dad, why are you Catholic? Why are we Catholic? There's lots of ways to answer that question, why are we Catholic? We're Catholic because we're Irish. You know, or we're Catholic because we're right. You know, we're Catholic because we have the truth. We're Catholic because we're not like those people. My dad's answer was this. I tried to live without the church for a really long time, and it just didn't work. The end. Nobody's putting that on a CD to put in the back of church. But when I was in college and I didn't feel like going to Mass on Sunday morning, my dad's voice is in my head. I tried to live without the church for a really long time and it just didn't work. And I got up and I went to Mass. When I was a military officer and I was partying and like having really late nights on Saturday and the flu on Sunday, my dad's voice was in my head. I tried to live without the church for a really long time and it just didn't work. And I always remained faithful to going to Mass, even when I was living in the darkest times of my life. Because I knew that my father was one way, and then Jesus, something happened, and he became somebody different. And, and, that's, and I knew that if it didn't work for him to be away, it wouldn't work for me. And it was just his story. In a way, he was showing me his resurrected wounds. And that gave me a window in whatever way it did at the time to being open to the conversion that our Lord wanted to work in my own heart, in my own life. We're all called to live transformed lives. And that transformation happens every time we go to confession. That's what's supposed to happen in our hearts is we go into the confessional and we say like, like, this is, this is the part of my heart that needs to be healed. This is the wound that needs to be transformed. This is the sinfulness that needs to be transformed. Jesus tells the apostles today, whose sins you forgive are forgiven them. And so we know that when we encounter 
our Lord's grace in the confessional. It's that same grace that our Lord breathed on them in the upper room that we heard about today. And that's what brings life. And that's what brings hope. And it gives hope in the midst of despair. And it gives joy where there has been sadness. It brings light where there's been darkness. And so today on this Divine Mercy Sunday, we pray most especially that our Lord will transform whatever part of our heart still needs transformation and that, that we'll have the boldness to, to tell that story in whatever way we can to those around us. To be witnesses to the fact that, that our Lord came into the world to transform the world. That through his death came life. That our wounds truly can become resurrected ones. That become doors and windows and places of encounter for everyone who's in such need of our Lord's mercy.